Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, it's so wonderful spending time with you today, and I'm really praying and trusting that you would experience God working in your heart as we're diving into week number three of our series, Talking to God. Now, I'd like to kick off today's sermon with a story. The year was 2016, and I was on my way back with my family from an amazing holiday time with my parents. We were away for about two weeks. And on our way back from Pretoria to Bloemfontein, we took the usual stop that we all would do whenever we're going from Pretoria to Bloem. It was our Kruenstadt coffee stop for that moment. And it was that moment that I picked up the phone and I called my dad. And when he answered, all I could say was, Dad, I can't do this anymore. I had enough. I'm done now with this. I don't think I'm made for ministry. I just want to come back. I wanted to climb out of ministry. I was at the end of a very long journey at that stage. And I was desperate. I was desperate. And maybe just to quickly give you guys some clarity, I was at the point where I needed a breakthrough because I was willing to give away something that God has blessed me with an opportunity to serve in his kingdom, to look after his bride, to full-time be in ministry. And I wasn't in a place to give up because I was working too hard or too many hours. That wasn't the reason. It also wasn't because I was frustrated with the leadership position that I was in, hoping that, oh, maybe I can be in the top or anything. No, no, no. It was an old relationship wound that was in my life that God was busy working through. And I was desperate for a breakthrough. This thing was killing me. It was taking away all life and all joy that I've enjoyed in my life. Praise the Lord as I'm standing here speaking to you today. I can say that I've received that breakthrough. I've really experienced God giving me breakthrough. But I wonder today as I'm speaking to you on the other side of this lens, I wonder if I'm speaking to people that are in a place where they want to throw in the tile, where they want to say, I'm done with it, can't do this, I'm throwing in the towel now, I'm finished, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. I wonder if I'm speaking to you right now as you're sitting there. And if it is you, if it resonates with you, I want to tell you that today is for you. Because today we're going to be talking about what does it look like when we're praying for breakthrough. What does a breakthrough prayer look like? If you need a breakthrough, I've discovered in my journey in life and many people that I've journeyed with when it comes to this, that breakthrough doesn't just come by itself. No. It comes to those who seek it, who persists, who prays for it and ask God to bring it. I wonder what kind of breakthrough you might need. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's your marriage and your kids. Maybe it's in your career area that you're trusting God for a breakthrough. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe it's a habit that you just can't shake, that you just can't get out of. And you're trusting God for a breakthrough. Whatever it is, today I want to invite you 
as we're going to be looking at a man's life who prayed a breakthrough prayer for 70 years long till he finally got what he was praying for. And this man's name is Daniel. Daniel's breakthrough prayer is in Daniel chapter 9. And we're going to be spending a little bit of time there today. But just before I dive into those six steps that we find in Daniel's breakthrough prayer to guide us and give us some insight into what does it mean to pray for breakthrough in your life, just quickly some background on Daniel. So Daniel um, got captured and him and his friends by the Babylonian Empire. And the moment they got captured, their whole lives were taken away from them in an instant. I mean, all of his dreams, all of the things that he dreamed to become one day as part of God's nation, um, staying in Jerusalem and all those things, all of them were just immediately wiped away. His dreams were gone. His name was taken away from him. No longer would he be referred to as Daniel. He got a new name, a pagan name, a Gentile name, discriminating. In fact, there is even an instant and a moment in a story in David's li Daniel's life where his life is threatened to be taken away from him. And the reason for it is because he was a man known for prayer. That was the way they wanted to get him and take his life from him. So this man was longing for a breakthrough. He was hoping and trusting God for a breakthrough for his whole nation, for his way of life, because he was stuck in Babylon, in a Gentile world. And he's been praying for 70 years long. So let's dive in and let's see if we can learn six key things from Daniel's prayer in Daniel chapter 9. The first thing I believe we can learn from this man's prayer life and his breakthrough prayer is that you and I, we need to let God speak before we speak to him. First step you and I need to embrace and need to be okay with, when it comes to breakthrough prayer, we need to first listen before we speak. Listen to Daniel 9 verse 2. It says the following, During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord, as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. If you have a Bible with you, you can circle that word learned. I want you to focus on it for a moment because to get a breakthrough, we need to allow God to speak. We need to listen to his word. We need to study his word. Have you studied his word? Have you allowed God to speak to you? Can I be honest with you? When I was praying for my breakthrough, when I was desperately needing a breakthrough, the last thing that I wanted to do was to study the word of God. That was the last thing I wanted to do. In fact, I did everything but that. I didn't want to hear God speak to me. I said it to everybody, but not really. In fact, I, I, I would do anything but it. I would try and find any kind of distraction, watch a movie, keep myself busy, do things that I should definitely not be busy with in my life. I wonder if you can relate to this. And do you want to know why we do this? Because usually when we need to go through a breakthrough moment, there's a lot of pain involved. It's not an easy thing to make happen. So we want to go around the breakthrough. We don't want to go through it. When it comes to a breakthrough prayer, you need to allow God to speak that he can guide you through this, that he can take you through your pain and not around it. We look for a quick fix. 
but there is none. That's why it's called a breakthrough. The first thing, allow God to speak before you speak. Secondly, we see Daniel, now that he has listened, starting to seek. So he focuses his attention on God. Listen to this, Daniel chapter 9 verse 3, it says, So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek Him in prayer. The first step of breakthrough prayer is listening. And the second step is seeking. Now, when it comes to seeking God, I, we shouldn't mistake this for playing games with God. It's not like opening my Bible and playing a game. It's not a hide and seek game. God is hiding from me. No, He's visible. He made Himself known through Jesus. That is so clear. But when it comes to seeking, it's about being really open and honest with God. As we start looking for His will, as we start looking for His perspective on the breakthrough that we're trusting Him for, the thing that we're really longing for. You know, I find it so interesting because many times when we start seeking God and we start finding Him in, this, in, in the middle of the struggle that we are and when we're longing for our breakthrough, we discover, we really do discover, that sometimes we're not seeking Him but just we're seeking His power. We want to use Him as a quick fix to the problem that we're facing. We want to sidestep the real issue. We want to go around it. So seek God in the middle of this moment. Jeremiah says it best, Jeremiah 29 verse 13, where it says the following, You will seek me, and here's the good news, you will find me when you search for me with what? With all of your heart. When your heart really longs and Jesus becomes the greatest treasure in that moment, when you get to that point for breakthrough, God's busy with you. So first, listen. Let Him guide you. Second, start seeking. Start looking for Him and not just His power. Thirdly, we see Daniel expressing his desires to God with great emotions. Also in chapter 3, Good News Translation says, And I prayed earnestly to the Lord God, pleading with Him. Guys, this kind of prayer that Daniel is praying now is not the kind of prayer where you just say the rhyme. It's not, Jesus, thank you for my food. Thank you for my parents. Thank you for Oma and Opa. Amen. This is not a rhyme. This is an honest, it's a bearing my soul, it's opening up, it's crying before God, it's being really, really authentic, trusting Him with your deepest desires, being open, being vulnerable, being real. I wonder if you can be real with God. I wonder if you can trust Him. I can promise you this, He can handle you. He can handle whatever you give. That I can promise. I've been there myself. Jesus can handle you. And He actually wants you to be real with Him. So we pray our breakthrough prayers. Let's be open and honest. Let's show emotion as Daniel did. Tell God what you're longing for. I love the way Eugene Peterson puts this same verse in the message. Verse 3 he says, I poured out my heart I'm bearing my soul to God. Have you ever done that? Have you ever poured out your heart, bearing your soul, 
telling God how you feel. I'll never forget the first time I actually experienced something of this deep, deep honesty as I, as I was seeking after God and He brought me to this place of authenticity as I'm walking with Him and trying to find an answer of where I am and where the breakthrough comes from. As I'm crying out and I tell God, He doesn't look after His kids. He doesn't look after me. Why am I sitting where I'm sitting? Why isn't He giving me what I'm looking for and what I'm wanting and what I believe I need? And in that moment of open and honest conversation, God could connect with me. God could help me. God could align my heart with where he is going. So thirdly, show your emotions. Fourthly, we see that Daniel demonstrates how serious he is about this breakthrough prayer. He shows God, God, I'm, I'm looking to you and to you only I'm longing for your hand to intervene into my life, into this area, into this space. I'm demonstrating it. I want to show you how serious I am about this. I'm not longing for a quick fix. I'm longing for a breakthrough. That's what I'm longing for. Chapter, three, chapter 9, verse 3, second part. It says, to show my sadness, Daniel, I fasted. I put on sackcloth, a rough cloth. And I sat in ashes. What's Daniel doing? Well, he's showing God that he's serious. He's showing God that, God, I know the only place that my breakthrough will come from is you. And I want to feast on you. I want to tap into what you have. I'm going to stop relying on my own capacity to find a breakthrough in whatever space I'm sitting Daniel is getting all closer and closer and closer to surrendering and showing practically, God, I'm desperate. I'm longing for you. I am open for you to come and intervene. We're actually speaking about fasting next week and we're going to dive really deep into this topic. So I don't want to dive into all the practicalities about it. But I think maybe the last thing that I want to say is to fast is to feast and to show God that you're serious about trusting him knowing that he is the only way out of whatever breakthrough you need. Number five, we see Daniel thanking God for his love and his promises. Verse four, it says the following, I prayed to the Lord, my God, and confessed, O Lord, you are a great and an awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to you. And then it says this very powerful state and sentence here right at the end, to those who love and obey your commands. Now, when I say this immediately, you might be sitting on the other side and thinking, oh my word, it's because I've done things wrong. I've obviously not obeyed God and I've done stupid things and, 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 and God doesn't love me anymore and he doesn't show favor to me and he doesn't, he will never keep his promises over my life. I've totally ruined it. I've thrown it away. Can I maybe ask you a quick question? Because when we read this, we can so easily go to a place of condemnation. And if you and I, if you have accepted Jesus in your life, the Bible makes it so clear. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Only freedom. Freedom in Jesus. You've been fully embraced. You're highly favored. 
and you're accepted in Him. So, just a quick question. Who loved God and obeyed all of His commands? Who did that? Any man on this earth? It's only one. One name stands out. And His name is Jesus. So I want to ask you, when you start thanking God, when you start reminding God, when you start telling God about the promises that He has, His faithfulness and His love for you, what do you speak to Him about? You speak to Him not about what you've done. No, you remind Him what you have now embraced and what you have in Jesus and what Jesus has done and how Jesus' life promises freedom for you right there where you are. And how God has shown that He loves you and He loves the world and He loves everything in this world through Jesus, every single person. He paid the ultimate price. And in Jesus, He's promising you freedom and life and a fullness of that life. And then lastly, you humbly cast yourself onto God's grace. You throw yourself onto this truth, onto this promise, onto this love that you see in Jesus. Now, it's super important to look at this in this portion of Scripture. So we see two sides of grace, you know. Grace do the one thing, it, grace exposes. When you look at the moment of God's grace being revealed to all of humanity, you see sin exposed. You see everything being brought in the light. Jesus on the cross, taking the weight of sin, taking all the sin of the world on Him. In that moment, you see the condition of humanity's heart as we're nailing the Son of God to a cross. When we get God on our hands, when we could do anything with God, we kill Him. It exposes our hearts. It exposes our rebellion against God. And that's the first thing that we see actually Daniel is doing here. He speaks about this. He's God, he's God I and, and, your, and your people, Israel, he's interceding for Israel. He says, we have sinned. We've done wrong. We've rebelled against you. We've scorned against you. We've refused to listen. We've done all of these terrible things. We acknowledge that we can't save ourselves. We acknowledge that we've turned against your way. We've rebelled against you. Humbly, we are not God. We missed the mark. We've sinned, God. That's the one side of grace. But the other side of grace, and that's what's so profound about this, not only does grace expose, but it also covers. It closes. Listen to this. As we embrace a righteousness not of our own, not self-made, but that we receive now through Christ Jesus. Daniel goes into chapter 9, verse 19, and he says this. After speaking and opening up and, and confessing, in a sense, acknowledging that he cannot save himself. He goes to this point. He says, oh my God, lean down, listen to me, lend me your ear. We make this plea, not because we deserve help. Why? But because of your mercy. Daniel is saying, I am humbly casting myself on your grace. God, I'm not asking you for a breakthrough because I am doing everything right. No, I know I've done probably everything wrong. But you, by your wonderful grace and mercy over my life, 
in Jesus Christ. Hear me. Listen. I come before you not because I deserve it, but because I've received a gift that you've given freely. Cast yourself onto the grace of God. Give yourself into his hands, just like Jesus says. It's finished. I'm giving it all to you. And then we read how God answers Daniel. And I want to quickly read through this portion of scripture with you and just point out two things. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity right there on the other side today to maybe pray a breakthrough prayer. Bring this before God. So let's read. It's verses 20, chapter 9, verses 20, where it says the following. I, Daniel, I went on praying. Do you realize that breakthrough prayer is not something that happens once? Whenever we pray for breakthrough, we continue with these things, as I've mentioned, as we've walked down this road. We listen, we seek, we are emotional, we're real with God, we demonstrate to God that we're longing for a breakthrough in this area. We remind Him of His promises and His love in Jesus. We cast ourselves upon His grace, not our performance, and we're longing for a breakthrough as we do this. Every single time we persist, we continue, we continue. And then finally, verse 21, Daniel says, I was praying and Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I've come here to give you insight and understanding. How much do we not long for insight and understanding when it comes to our breakthroughs? And then he tells him, verse 23, the moment you began praying, a command was given. Wow. The moment you began praying, a command was given. Just pause for a moment with me. Do you realize that when you pray, because you're a child of God, you're in Jesus Christ, because of God's grace, the moment you prayed, the moment you prayed, God heard you. God heard you. So, the moment he prayed, 70 years ago, God heard him. Who of you know this? God is never late, He's never early. He's always just on time. He arrives exactly at the right moment. The moment that the breakthrough is so needed for you and for me. So, I want to give you an opportunity today. I want to invite you to just take a little card at home. Can write on it the following. You can just say, <clears throat> God, I really need. And then you can write down your breakthrough. God, I need you for a breakthrough in my finances. 
God, I need you for a breakthrough in my marriage. God, I need a breakthrough in my health. I don't know where you are today. Maybe it's just as simple as, God, I need a breakthrough in a terrible habit in my life that I've been wrestling with for so long. I need a breakthrough in this. I bring it before you. And I know you are the only one that can help me and break through this wall. I'm no longer going to avoid it and look for quick fixes. I'm looking for you. I'm coming to you. I'm longing for you. Let's pray. Father, you're a good dad. Do you know what your kids need even before they ask you? Do you know what's going on in every person's heart on the other side of this screen? Right now, today, you've planned it. God, I want to come and pray. Wherever people might need a breakthrough, I pray, Father, that you would so clearly and so loudly speak to us. You know what we need, yet you still encourage us to ask you. I want to ask you right there where you are, why don't you just put your hand on your heart in this moment. And thank God that he knows the deepest desires of your heart and surrender to his goodness. Father, thank you for breaking through all of history so that we can enjoy life and relationship with you again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services. 